Welcome to Current Radio's Science Station. Please enjoy today's selection of science news. Charlotte, let's discuss the recent UN warning about the massive funds being funneled into projects that are, quite frankly, detrimental to our environment. This is all happening amidst calls for nature-based solutions to our climate crisis. Absolutely, Diego. Mary Robinson, the former Irish president and a well-known climate advocate, has been vocal about this issue. She emphasized the need for governments to take scientific advice seriously during her speech at the COP28 climate summit. It's interesting how she compared the response to the climate crisis to the response to COVID. She mentioned how governments that did well with COVID listened to their chief medical officers and made tough decisions early on. Right, and she's implying that the same approach should be taken with the climate crisis. It's worth noting that during her presidency, climate change wasn't even on the radar in Ireland. This only underscores how rapidly the situation has evolved. Indeed, it wasn't until she served as the UN's High Commissioner for Human Rights that she grasped the gravity of the situation. However, she admits that she didn't initially understand how it impacted her work in human rights, gender equality, and the rights of indigenous peoples and those with disabilities. And yet, her work in African countries in the mid-2000s opened her eyes to the human rights implications of climate change. She's now a strong advocate for climate justice, not just climate change. That's a significant distinction, isn't it? She's part of a growing chorus at COP28 pushing for a robust global goal on adaptation, or GGA. But defining what an adaptation target looks like is proving to be a challenge. Yes, unlike the 1.5 degrees Celsius temperature limit, an adaptation target is less clear. And while it's being discussed as part of the summit's global stocktake assessment, progress on a fair finance agreement for climate adaptation is slow. Robinson warns that we're far from where we should be on finance. In fact, money is being used to subsidize activities that harm us instead of restoring our relationship with nature. Ah. And she's right. This is a question of science, and it's why she's advocating for a global adaptation target. Because as she puts it, countries just don't have the science. It's a sobering perspective, and it underscores the immense challenges we face in tackling the climate crisis. But it also highlights the importance of engaging with science and prioritizing nature-based solutions. Speaking of engaging with science and prioritizing its role in decision-making, let's shift our focus from the environment to the world of academia. There's a significant development coming from France that's making headlines in the world of scientific research. This could potentially be the biggest overhaul of their research system in two decades. Diego, let's talk about the recent announcement by the French government regarding a major overhaul of their research system. It's being hailed as the biggest shakeup in two decades. Indeed, Charlotte. President Macron's plan is aimed at reducing bureaucracy and placing science at the center of political decision-making. It's quite the ambitious undertaking. One of the key components of this overhaul is the creation of a presidential science council. This group will be made up of 12 leading scientists who will advise the president on research strategy and challenges faced by scientists. Quite a step towards integrating science into policy, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. The plan also includes transforming the country's seven national research institutes into program agencies. Each will be responsible for the strategy and coordination of research on a specific theme, 
This should help streamline research efforts, but... Right, it's a move to centralize research that's currently scattered across various institutions. For instance, the Alternative Energies and Atomic Energy Commission will oversee all research on low-carbon energy technology, digital systems, and infrastructure. Meanwhile, the Biomedical Institute, INSERM, will be in charge of health research. And let's not forget the CNRS, which will oversee marine, climate, and biodiversity research in collaboration with other institutes. But this plan isn't without its critics, Charlotte. Very true. While some see this as a positive step, others have been critical. Patrick Lemaire, a biologist at the University of Montpellier, has called Macron's announcements purely ideological and divorced from reality. Lemaire's main concern is that this transformation of research institutions into funding bodies and transferring their scientific staff to universities won't solve the problem of administrative burdens. He also mentioned the complexity of the funding labyrinth that researchers have to navigate. And he's not alone in his criticism. Pierre Rochette, a geophysics researcher, pointed out that institutes like the CNRS face immediate issues such as complicated systems and dysfunctional software. He's skeptical that high-level reforms will solve these problems. It's clear that while the plan is ambitious, its execution will be challenging. The French research community will be watching closely to see if these reforms will indeed reduce bureaucracy and improve the state of scientific research in the country. From the corridors of scientific research and policy in France, let's now journey into the fields of sustainable agriculture. A fascinating development has occurred in this sector with Invio Sciences acquiring Peptide Bio, an event that could potentially revolutionize the future of crop protection. Stay tuned as we delve into this. Charlotte, let's switch gears a bit and talk about the future of agriculture. Inveo Sciences recently acquired Peptide Bio, a move that's expected to speed up the development of nature-positive crop protection. Indeed, Diego. This acquisition is a significant step towards more sustainable farming. Peptide Bio has been focusing on discovering, designing, and characterizing novel peptides for agricultural use. So this partnership could really revolutionize the industry, right? Inveo is known for its innovation in creating environmentally friendly solutions for farmers. This acquisition will allow them to further that mission by incorporating Peptide Bio's technologies. Exactly, Diego. Inveo's approach involves two key research areas. The first is a cutting-edge AI and machine learning-enabled discovery engine. This engine is designed to identify and design more targeted biological actives to control crop pests and diseases, thus addressing sustainability concerns around traditional crop protection treatments. And the second research area is about programming and deploying biological delivery systems designed to improve the performance of these actives. These systems protect the actives deliver them exactly where they are needed, and quickly biodegrade once their job is done. This could be a game-changer in the field of agriculture, yes. Ignacio Martinez, the founding CEO of Invio, expressed his excitement about the acquisition. He believes that combining Peptide Bio's portfolio with Invio's innovative biological delivery systems will offer growers more natural, efficient, and effective solutions to protect their crops. Yaji Nu, chief science officer at Invio, also welcomed Peptide Bio, saying the acquisition would further enhance Inveo's AI discovery platform and speed up the delivery of new biological actives to growers. 
This acquisition is expected to make Inveo one of the most advanced bioactive discovery platforms in the industry. Peptide Bio was initially launched by the Danforth Technology Company, a subsidiary of the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center. The company was founded based on antimicrobial peptide technology developed by Danforth Center scientists over 20 years. This acquisition by Invio is a significant milestone for both companies. Tom Larita, CEO of Danforth Technology Company, seems to agree. He stated that one of the principal purposes of the Danforth Center and DTC is to bring emerging technologies developed at the center to the market quickly. This acquisition by Invio is a clear indication that their strategy is working. Kirk Chimek, CTO of Peptide Bio, also expressed his anticipation about integrating their technology into the Invio discovery engine and delivery platform. This is indeed a promising development in the field of sustainable agriculture. Absolutely, Charlotte. We're looking forward to seeing the fruits of this collaboration and how it will shape the future of farming and crop protection. While we've been discussing the promising advancements in sustainable farming, it's important to remember that our planet is facing significant environmental challenges that require immediate attention. Let's delve into a rather alarming report about the potential tipping points our planet might be on the verge of crossing due to climate change. Charlotte, the world is on the brink of crossing numerous tipping points due to climate change, according to a report compiled by over 200 researchers. These tipping points, if crossed, could lead to irreversible consequences on natural systems crucial to human livelihoods. Yes, Diego, it's a daunting prospect. These scientists are calling for a head-on confrontation of these dangers and the acceleration of efforts to prevent them. It's interesting, though, that some scientists are cautious about overemphasizing these tipping points due to the difficulty in defining the risks and assessing their likelihood. That's true, Charlotte. But as Tim Lenton, a climate scientist at the University of Exeter, UK, who led the report says, these tipping points pose threats of a magnitude that has never been faced before by humanity. The report was released at the 28th United Nations Climate Change Conference, COP28, in Dubai. And the news isn't good. Global fossil fuel emissions are on track to hit a record high of roughly 37 billion tons of carbon dioxide. That's 1.1% more than in 2022. And despite nations' pledges to cut emissions under the Paris Agreement, current estimates suggest that global temperatures could still rise to 2.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels by 2100. This is where those tipping points come into play. The report outlines the potential causes and likelihood of 26 climate tipping points. These are thresholds that, if crossed, would result in potentially irreversible changes to Earth's system. The most immediate danger is to coral reefs around the globe, already threatened at present levels of warming. The ice sheets in Greenland and West Antarctica are also at risk of irreversible collapse that could boost sea levels this century and beyond. With just 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming above pre-industrial levels, northern forests, mangroves, and other coastal ecosystems are at risk, and large parts of the Amazon rainforest could be replaced by savanna with as little as 2 degrees Celsius of warming, disrupting life across South America and resulting in even more carbon being pumped into the atmosphere. The importance of immediate action is underscored by these findings. Manjana Milkorite, a political scientist at the University of Oslo and co-author of the report, 
suggests that humanity's decisions over the next decade or two could affect life on the planet for thousands of years. But she also points out that our current governance systems are not well suited to a problem of this nature. That's a sobering thought, Diego. However, there's some debate about whether focusing on tipping points is the most effective approach from a social and political standpoint. Michael Oppenheimer, a climate scientist at Princeton University, is skeptical. He believes that the increasing frequency of extreme weather events and other climate impacts is more likely to change minds and stimulate action than warnings of potential climate catastrophes. That's a valid point, Charlotte. But the report also provides a glimmer of hope. It lists potential positive tipping points in social, political, and economic systems, which, if crossed, could result in runaway benefits for the climate. For instance, declines in the cost of wind and solar power are driving more investments away from fossil fuels and towards clean energy. So it's not all doom and gloom, but as Lenton says, we need to find and trigger some positive tipping points that accelerate action down an alternative pathway. The incremental policy changes that governments have pursued so far just aren't enough. We need to... Right. Charlotte, we need to push for more drastic and immediate action to prevent crossing these dangerous thresholds. It's clear that the fight against climate change is a race against time. 